Hi, I'm Arnar Verstoki, one of the co-hosts of the Backfield Drift. Unfortunately, we'll be without Sotvik for this week and next week. Nonetheless, we have a lot to get into. This week, we're going to recap week one of the NFL season and look ahead to week two. Let's get right into it. So, when I was looking over this week, a thing that I really noticed was that hyped offenses did not live up to the billing. And I'm talking about here teams like the Cowboys, the Browns, and the Bucks. And I think the real issue here is expectations. People came out expecting the Cowboys with three number one receivers to score 40 points a game. The Browns to come out rolling against a tough Ravens defense and the Bucks, who haven't even played with one another on an NFL field to go into the Superdome and beat the Saints. I mean, there was a problem of expectations here. Look, these teams have not played with each other and this week was a pure side effect of the coronavirus. I mean... The Cowboys, the Browns, and the Bucks, they didn't have extended training camps and OTAs to work with one another. They didn't have that. And that's crucial for a team like the Browns, who have a new head coach coming in, and he wants to fit in his scheme. Not to mention the fact that they have a new right tackle in Jack Conklin, and a new tight end in Austin Hooper. And it takes times to work things out. You look at the Cowboys. Look, I mean, Aaron Donald came in and completely wrecked the Cowboys' old line, and he had an influence on every play that the Cowboys made. And, you know, those are some things, especially with the offensive line. Right side of the offensive line for the Cowboys was completely new. And those are just some things you work out during training camp. And the same held true for the Bucks, where I'll give you an example. Um... Mike Evans was running a, a slant. Uh, Tom Brady thought he was going to run it a little bit deeper than 10 yards. Uh, Tom Brady threw the ball. Mike Evans turned immediately, and it sailed right by him, and Mark, Marcus Williams got the interception, setting up the Saints in prime position. So these are just some things that you shore up during training camp, OTAs, and just... These offenses, they didn't have that time. They didn't have the time to gel with one another, to play with one another, to get through the nooks and crannies, the quirks of the game. And this is just a side effect of that. But the Bucks do bring up a good point. Something that I heard a lot following week one was that with some of these new faces in new places, is it time to raise the alarm? And I think this is a complete overreaction. As I said, with the Bucks and Tom Brady, he needs time to come into the system, understand the playbook, understand the receivers, and get used to playing with these guys. You look at the Colts with Phillip Rivers. I mean, a lot, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, 
with the Chargers, the main issue was injuries. Now he comes over to a healthy Colts team and he still can't play. You know, it, it was a poor decision to pay him $25 million this year. You should have just stuck with Jacoby Brissett and developed him. Well, with a guy like Philip Rivers, I mean, he's been under the same system, playing the same style of football for so long. It's going to take time for these guys to transition under a new coach with a new system with new guys. So you just got to give it some time. And a lot of people will bring up the counter-argument that Cam Newton performed well on the Patriots. DeAndre Hopkins performed well on the Cardinals. And, well, you know, they didn't know the playbook. But when you look at their games with Cam Newton and the Patriots, what did Bill Belichick use? I mean, he knew that... Cam Newton wasn't going to be so strong throwing the ball under the Patriots uh, playbook. So he utilized the one thing that transitions with Cam's game anywhere it goes. His running ability. And we saw that. He scored two touchdowns on the ground. You look at DeAndre Hopkins on the Cardinals. With the volume that he was getting and how much Kyler Murray was throwing to him. He ended up with 14 catches for 151 yards. When you get the ball thrown at you that many times, you're bound to make plays, catch the ball, and learn all the routes while you're at it. So I think it's an overreaction to raise the alarms on some of these guys like Phillip Rivers on the Colts and Tom Brady on the Bucks. However, I know I've been talking about how, you know, some of these better teams, you know, did not perform due to the coronavirus, you know, they were sluggish. That is not to take away from some of these underdogs this week coming into these games and winning. And I'll take the Colts and Philip Rivers as a prime example. You know, yes, Philip Rivers is new. Yes, the Colts team is getting adjusted. But the Jaguars played excellent football, and we can't use that as an excuse to take away from what the Jaguars did. I mean, rookie C.J. Henderson at cornerback making a pivotal interception, LaVishka Chenault and Gardner Minshew making plays, connecting on a touchdown pass. The Jaguars played an excellent game, and that holds true across the league. I mean, you look at the Cardinals with the 49ers. I mean, they came into that game as underdogs. Nobody expects them to go to San Francisco and beat the defending NFC champions, but they did it. They grinded it out. And yes, Jimmy G made some mistakes. He didn't make throws, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the Cardinals played better football. You look at the Redskins beating the Eagles. The Redskins played just better football and the Eagles were not ready. You know, maybe they had injuries on the offensive line. The offensive line wasn't able to play well, but The Redskins played good football. Dwayne Haskins in that second half looked excellent, scoring 27 unanswered points. And you can even look at Carolina and the Raiders game. I mean, the Raiders' offense is excellent. I mean, they have talent across the board. But they weren't able to press their advantage because Carolina kept creeping back into the game. And they played well. And even though they lost, it was a good game for a new quarterback and a first-year head coach. This just really goes to show the fact that this league is a competitive league. Some of these underdog teams put the league on notice that every team has talent, and every team has a chance in this league if they play to their potential. Now let's look ahead to Week 2. 
And I'm going to be quite frank. There aren't a lot of marquee matchups this week. There aren't a lot of games to get excited about. However, I will draw your attention to a couple games here that you might want to just have an eye out for. The Vikings and Colts play this week, and I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Especially because these two teams were pegged as divisional winners in their respective divisions, but they're coming off of quite shocking losses. So I really want to see how these two teams respond in this high-profile game. Another game I want to talk about is the Rams-Eagles. Now, it's really, really interesting because the Eagles were a team that a lot of people were high on, especially because they've been disappointing with the amount of injuries that they have had uh, over the past few seasons. And this Rams team, I mean, not a lot of people have expected much out of this team considering the fact that they've declined ever since uh, Super Bowl 53. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how the Eagles respond, especially because Aaron Donald, like he does every year, is putting the league on notice. And with a weak O-line, I really want to see how this Eagles team responds coming off of a very, very shocking defeat to the Washington football team. Another thing I want you to keep your eye on is just some of these teams like the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Browns, and 49ers. Look, they did not play well in week one. So given the fact that they have really, really easy games this week and are play- and have really just have favorable, favorable matchups is with the Cowboys playing a weak Falcon secondary, the Bucks playing an inexperienced Panthers team, the Browns playing a very rookie Bengals team, and the 49ers playing a very pedestrian Jets team. This week is going to be very telling about some of these high-octane teams. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 11th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where I'll recap week two of the NFL season and look ahead to some of the action on week three. Until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi. Stay safe and take care.